Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to send you a copy of our brand new book, The Practical Agency, written specifically to help creative agency owners go beyond the creative side and build systems to simplify and quickly scale their agency to $100,000 a month. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash practical agency to claim your free copy. And now for the show. Hey everyone, welcome. We have Krista Grasso with us again today. Last week we spoke about the root cause of complexity, noise and chaos in a growing business with examples of what that looks like. Today we're going to chat about how to minimize complexity and transition to a simpler and more sustainable model. As a reminder, Krista is a strategic planning and systems expert for online businesses when they want to scale, known as the business optimizer. Krista has the ability to quickly cut through noise and provide clarity on the core things that will make the business biggest impact to scale a business simply and sustainably. She's the founder of the Lean Out Method, creator of the Lean Business Scaling System, and the host of the Lean Out Your Business podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again today, Krista. Thanks for having me again. So the thing that I have found was the biggest sort of hinge point for me scaling and the biggest hinge point that I see for loads of creative agencies really struggle with is their own time. That in order to create systems to set up and even create a leaner business and even ideate on how to do that, you have to invest time to do so. And I would say 99 or even 11 out of 10 agencies tell me that they don't have any time. They have no time to invest. They are completely inundated. They're working 60, 80, some people say 100-hour weeks, which is kind of wide-eyed, opening deer in headlights kind of feeling when I hear that. What would you say someone would think should think about when it comes to finding time and reclaiming their time? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a quote that I say all the time is, sometimes you have to work harder in order to work smarter for a short while right? It's we always hear work smarter, you know, not harder, but it's not magic. You do have to sometimes invest the time and space in being able to get the time back. And so what I find quite often is that it's actually easier sometimes to clear an entire day than it is to clear a couple hours here or there. Sometimes you even take a weekend day if you're not already working a weekend day. I hope you're not already working a weekend day and dedicate it to it. But I think there's a couple places in particular where you can get time back in your business pretty consistently. And I think you need to create the space to do these activities. But once you do them, you will get the lift and you'll get the lift relatively quickly. And the first place where I see businesses spending more time than they should is they tend to not have a lot of clarity on the vision and where they want to take the business, typically because they're so busy working in the business that they haven't taken the time to look at What are the right next moves strategically and where do I want to go? And they don't necessarily always have goals that support that vision. So they have clarity on what they should be focused on right now. So they're trying to do too many things and those things either aren't the right things or aren't the right things right now. And so I think it's important to get clear on what that vision is 
I think it's important to ensure the things that you're working on are aligned. And if they're not, those are things that would be the first to cut. And I developed a technique called Chuck to make this really simple. And it's something that you can do. It's something that you can have your team do. And it's to look at all of the activities and things you do in your business, as well as looking at each of your services and offers and products and running each of the components of them through it to make a determination what can be cut, what can be placed on hold, what you might be able to change, oftentimes optimize, so systematize so that you get time back, and what you want to keep as is. And frequently, there's not that much that should really be kept as is. You usually can either find that there's something that's not needed at all, that's not needed right now, or that through some simple changes, you can actually simplify what you're doing, or you can put a system or an automation or something in place so that it does not take so much time or it does not take so much of your time. So I have a, a similar thing that I walk lots of clients through where I talk about, are you going to delegate? Are you going to automate? Is this something you're going to discard? Is this something that is not a priority? Or is this something that's actually a to-do and should stay on your to-do list right now? I think that there's just so much around not recognizing what is the right thing to do right now, and the right thing at the right time. Because you could do the right thing at the wrong time, and that actually causes loads of detriment to your business. And making sure that you're doing the right thing at the right time is so incredibly important. What you were talking about, it's not magic. And I was like, damn, I read Harry Potter so many times. Why don't I have a wand? I need it. Um, the thing that was like the biggest hinge point for me and the total type A person I am and this now works with so many clients and has changed so many clients' lives. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, it's not an original concept of mine, even though I hadn't really known what it was called when I initially started doing it. But I've learned, later learned it's referred to as time blocking. And so what is your experience with that? What is your belief system around it? Do you believe that it works or am I, or did I actually find a wand for myself? It's actually part of my method that I teach people. It's one of the core concepts because I think that focus blocks, I call it, or, you know, batching in focus blocks, that ends up being one of the single biggest things that you can do from a personal productivity perspective. But if you actually look at that more company-wide and you put that practice in place in across your team it can have a massive impact on productivity and results across the entire company as well. So I agree with you completely. It is how I get as much done as I do and how I, I it really does support me having that confidence that I'm doing the right things at the right time. But yeah, hands down, I think one of the best things you can do in your business. Yeah, it helped me prioritize just loads. The other thing that I so there's a personal piece that I ended up taking and putting to the business is that I love to compete with myself constantly. And even when it like came to like cleaning the house, the thing that I just would refuse to do is dishwashing with a dishwasher or washing clothes with a washing machine. Like those are the two like bane of my existence household chores because I could not do it any faster. Like that just happened at the time that it took because it was responsive. The machine was responsible for it. And that frustrated me because like I want to get it done in 15 minutes less than I did it last time. The whole thing and I couldn't, but then I applied that to how do I take what would be a 45 minute meeting before, how do I make it 40? Then how do I make it 35? And then how do I make it 30? To the point that now 99% of my meetings are 20 minutes. I found that that is the, the perfect amount of time for me, client meetings, internal meetings. It's the right amount of time 
Because to me, a, a meeting should mean there's a decision to be made. There's a thing that needs to be solved. And if you're going into a meeting of just like discussing loads of things, it's like, well, you're just wasting loads of time. And so how do you go about doing that? So I took my, how do I compete with myself to then started competing with myself in my calendar as I applied time blocking and then eventually went into like days of dedication. So my Wednesday is my business development and business growth and business focused time. And that's all I do Wednesday. So I can just stay in that mindset, in that, that, that ideating creative mind that I need to be in. And that's my day for it. I don't know if you have any inspiration from any of that or any thoughts on any of that. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. And I do something similar. So Friday is my CVO day, my chief visionary day. So it's where I'll either work on kind of special projects that will move the business forward or where I really am in that place of ideation. And then Wednesdays I block as kind of deep client focus time where I can do more of the strategic work for my clients as well. And there's no meetings on those days. But what I love so much about what you shared is that you didn't just go from an hour meeting to a 20 minute meeting. You tried to shave five minutes off here and there and like keep incrementally improving upon that. And I think that's really important because if you have clarity around what the outcomes are that you're going after, right, which should be the case in everything you do in your business, including your meetings, then usually there is a much more efficient way to get there. But it's sometimes hard to see how you could take 60 minutes down to 20, but you can take 60 down to 55 and you can take 55 down to 50. So that's a really brilliant way that you went about that. Yeah, there's, um, I think it's James Clear wrote the book Atomic Habits. And I think that he, I didn't, I had read the book after having done this process, but he described it in two ways that I thought just like really resonated this concept to me of making incremental improvements is one, if you look at a, you know, phenomenal Olympian versus, you know, just a, a professional sports player, the distinction between the two is not that someone is 25% better or even 15% better. We're talking one to 2% better. And that you have to actually recognize you just have to be 1% better and another percent better a month later, two months later, six months, six months later, a year later, just be 1% better than you were before and actually competing with yourself. He also described and to like really cement the kind of visual in your mind is like he described it as a person sitting in a room and the room there was ice on the table and what he had to do was with moving around the room had to warm up the room in order to to melt the ice and that at that at that moment for those of you in the US it was you know 30 degrees in the room and for those of you in Europe it was negative 2 degrees and they had to and that's not a direct correlation I absolutely did not do the math on that so the person would be running around the room and would increase the temperature by one degree. And they're exhausted, they're tired, not recognizing the impact that actually had been made. And unfortunately, what happens for loads of entrepreneurs and business owners is exactly that, is that you're running and running and running and running. And you don't recognize that you actually did improve. You made that 1% improvement, but it hasn't tangibly affected that ice on the table. And so now it's 31 degrees. And you're running and running and running and running and it's 32, it's still frozen. But you're right at the precipice of actually doing it and getting it there. What unfortunately happens is the vast majority of people stop when it's at 32 degrees and don't keep going. You're almost there. You just have to push a little bit harder, just 1% better, and you can have that result. And that just, that story in the book, like really cemented in my mind of that concept of just being consistently iterative and working harder and just making sure that you can do 
those little improvements and actually have the end outcome that you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. One of the pillars of Lean Out Method is Kaizen, which is a, a lean concept. And it is about making those small continuous improvements and changes for the better. And that's very much that 1% improvement is a, a Kaizen, fits very beautifully with Kaizen. You totally read my mind. Apparently two podcast episodes is when we're able to have telepathy and read each other's minds. But I was actually going to ask you next about the Lean Out Method. So We had spoken about that last week, and I wanted to ask you a little bit more about what is involved with the Lean Out Method and what is it all about? Yeah, there's four overarching pillars, and it starts with context, then clarity, then commitment, and then Kaizen. And so I mentioned vision earlier, and to me, context is critical in everything that you do in your business. What does success look like? What are the different things that are going to influence the decisions that you make? And so when I think about a business, you really want that clarity on the long-term vision and the near-term vision and where you want to go. You want clarity on your goals and your targets as well. But you also want a business model that's in support and in alignment with that vision. And oftentimes they aren't in alignment because of changes over time. They can kind of diverge. And you do want to bring them back together. That's another place I see where you can get time back. But once you have that context in place, you know where you're going, you know why it's important. That's where I think you want that clarity and how are you actually going to get there? That's where strategic planning comes into place and where you're actually looking at, okay, what am I going to commit to? How are we going to do this? What systems do we need? What team do we need? What do we need to commit to? And then ultimately making that commitment. And in our last episode, we talked about mindset. And a lot of times when you think about commitment, yes, you're going to run into actual roadblocks and things that come up as you're moving things forward. But a lot of time, the things that come up that you run into are mindset related. And so when I say commitment, it's not go all in, work 100 hours a week, like do whatever it takes from that perspective. But it's a do whatever it takes from a Don't let the mindset gremlin stop you. When you start to get that fear or that doubt or that stuff that comes up for you, keep going and keep working through it because what you committed to for that particular 90 days or for that particular year, assuming it's still the right thing, was probably really important. And don't let yourself stop your progress, which happens quite often. And then finally, Kaizen. How do you make those small, continuous improvements? How do you constantly improve upon what you're doing, but do it in such a small way that by the end of a year, you have such dramatic improvement, but it didn't feel like you had to work so incredibly hard every single week to get there. So that's the overarching philosophy. And I think it applies to everything we do in life, not just even business, but certainly in business is get clear on where you're going, why it's important, get clear on how you're going to get there, make a commitment, and then make small continuous improvements. So listeners, if you have started your business and then you look at it today, or at one point in your career, the business looked dramatically different than you expected it to be, raise your hand. And obviously, because this is a audio medium, we can't see whether you rose your hand. And sorry if you banged your hand against the roof of your car. But if you've read my book, The Agency Blueprint, I talked a load about this and how my business kind of had consumed my life exactly this way, because I just let it kind of become a Franken business, just became this creature 
that controlled me rather than me controlling. And it's like, I created this thing that now is in control of me. How? Why? What did I do? And I needed to get it back and had to be programmatic about it. And exactly as you were mentioning, be, you know, make improvements over time and be 1% better. I think that you said something that I was kind of laughing to myself, the sort of mindset component to everything. And my thought was that, you know, as when I was a kid, the thing that would push me more to accomplish something was when someone told me I couldn't or I wouldn't or that wasn't possible. And so apparently I became, that turned me into a total sadist because that's what I tell myself whenever I want something. It's like, no, you can't do that. You're not going to be able to get that. And it's like, I'll show you to myself. So I'm insane. Yeah, sorry, everyone. But that is how I'm able to muster up that energy and excitement to get me to where I need to go. But like it's whatever it takes, that internal monologue is so incredibly powerful as a um, additional sort of thing that if you guys are interested in this topic, there was a book called Psycho-Cybernetics that really cemented this concept of internal monologue and how that actually has impacted so many people in history to be able to accomplish it. I am not a religious person myself. There's loads of religion that's mentioned in the book. You can, if you're not religious, then go ahead and just extract and ignore that portion like I did. And if you are, then you'll love it. So I think it's just a phenomenal book to check out and listen to or, or read. Just really cements this, this mindset component to the human experience. Krista, before we started recording, we were talking about the combination between lean and scaling. Would love if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about that concept with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I think is so important in scaling and a mistake that I see people make a lot is the nature of scaling, people tend to think more, 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 more. I need more offers. I need to do more things. I need to work with more markets, more, 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 right? And that doesn't have to be what scaling is. But even if you are doing something that is more, maybe you are entering into a different market, or maybe you are trying to significantly increase the number of people that you're able to work with. I think what's so important is that you are not scaling noise and complexities, that you are making sure that the things you're scaling are the right things. And to me, that's where lean comes in. Lean is all about maximizing value and minimizing waste. And so I think you want to be leaning out your business as you're growing it so that when you scale, you are at that place that you are scaling the right things you are leveraging the right things and you aren't bringing all this noise and complexity with you and then just amplifying that and making it worse. So I think that that's really, it's such an important combination. And when you combine lean with scaling, I think what it really gives you is a really beautiful business model and a really beautiful way of working in that you have a business that's very customer centric. You have a business that's very high profit because it's not just about doing more, it's about getting more profit out of it because you're optimizing what you're doing. And you have a business that doesn't have a lot of unnecessary complexity or waste in it. So much of that resonated with me. I, I now know, didn't before, but now know that the more scalable model is actually the more simple model. The, the brilliance is, and the real hard work is in simplification. Like you can add loads more and more and more and more and add loads of complexity. And that's really the easiest way to go about it. I was talking with a group of colleagues actually earlier today, and I don't remember who said this, but the overall ethos of it was the, the reasonable person 
does what the public is asking for. The unreasonable person goes against what, and you don't adapt to the people around you. So the reasonable person adapts to the world around them. The unreasonable person adapts the world to them. And progress is made by the unreasonable person. And I'll repeat that. The process, essentially, the progress in life is around the 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 going against the grind in loads of instances. How do you actually go about changing that what you feel to be the reasonable action here? So the easiest simple thing is usually just, I'm going to just do more of this rather than I'm going to take this out, I'm going to simplify it so then I can do it, right? That's that's really where the hard work is and that creative creativity really comes in. And I think it's it's really hard in a lot of instances because you're looking at it and you're like, ah, here's this you know ball, I'm looking at it from every angle and it's like, well, I have to cut it in half to then actually see what I needed to do. And here I've been staring at it for 15 years and it's still the ball, damn. And uh, I just find it challenging, but also really meaningfully exciting and just fun in the end when you're able to solve those those complex puzzles sometimes. So Krista, thank you so much for joining us both this week and last week. If you have any listeners that want to reach out to you and get in contact with you and learn a bit, a little bit more about the Lean Out method and the Lean Business Scaling System, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to be here. And you can find me at leanoutmethod.com and access all the things from there. And my podcast is Lean Out Your Business Podcast, where I talk about more stuff like this every week. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char- typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.